This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, it's Mike Mansfield. I'm back. Thanks for tuning in. Tana's not here today. Sorry that it's uh, been a handful of weeks. There was a, I had a series of bummer events. Let's see, I I got sick. That didn't help, so we didn't record. The following week after being sick, I lost my voice, so that, that kept me out of the studio here. My wife then had a, a personal thing going on on a Monday where I had to be out of the office, so that didn't help. So I had a series of things that kept me away from you guys. I apologize, but I am back in action. Tana had a series of good things. She ended up going to Hawaii um, with her husband for an anniversary. So that was exciting. She was actually here traveling a couple weeks ago uh, for a baby shower. Her oldest daughter um, is having a baby pretty quickly. And she's in fact back in town today and she was supposed to be here recording, but Tana's daughter is actually in town in labor and Tana is about to become a grandmother. So I didn't want to leave everybody hanging that much longer. I wanted to kind of get back in action and all of this stuff. Obviously, um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of things going on in the world. I'm going to keep this video pretty straightforward and brief, though. In the beginning of the year, so uh, to give the history lesson, right, we're always looking at economic data. We're trying to understand where we think the markets might go, give you, uh, the end users, some kind of palatable information to, to digest here. So fast forward to the end of the third quarter, September 27th, October 14th. In that time frame, we did a couple of videos talking about the market bottoming, the things we needed in the fourth quarter to see the market come up. All of that seems to have come true at the moment. And then in the beginning of January, Tan and I were making videos talking about kind of the market outlook and really where we had focused our thoughts was, we thought it was a little too premature just to see the stock market go euphorically up in a straight line. Um, there's still a lot of problems, a lot of things to be digesting. The reality is when the Federal Reserve does rate increases, those could take somewhere between six and nine months to actually hit the economy. And the problem is, is the Feds did a bunch of rate increases in the third and fourth quarter. And so by January and February, those haven't even mathematically made their way into the economy to see how much damage they've done, see if they're a problem, see if they cause a recession or don't cause a recession. And so January, the market went up rather euphorically and, you know, kind of as expected, all of a sudden it's gotten pouty again here in February. And so it's kind of following our consensus at the moment. And that was for the first half of the year at a minimum to work through those Fed rate increases the market was going to be up and down and tumultuous and could grind down back to where it was a few months ago, could grind up a little higher. It's just going to go all over the place. I feel at the moment, kind of as you get later in the year, second half of the year, third, fourth quarter of the year, and the stock market's now looking into 2024, hopefully all of those Fed rate increases are behind us. They've mathematically hit the economy. We understand what they did. And then it's blue skies. You know, now we're talking about a scenario where when is the Fed actually going to lower rates, which has a huge uh, benefit long term on the stock market performance. So what are the drivers of the market? Right. So 
Well, one thing that we look at from a fundamental standpoint is how are earnings doing? Are they falling in line with what we expected? On top of that, what is unfortunately the Federal Reserve doing? So we, we live and die right now by the Federal Reserve. We live and die by the idea of what economic information might drive the Feds to do something. So here, let me plop some stuff. I don't know what I'm doing, obviously. I got excited there. Let me, there we go. There we go. So here's an earnings update from uh, just a few days ago. So let's see where we're at. So 82% of companies in the S&P 500 have reported. Of that, let's see, 68% were above estimates. So that's a good thing. So we always track the statistics of when earnings are coming out for any quarter, how many are positive surprise, how many are a negative surprise. So at the moment, almost 70% of companies have had a positive surprise. Now, what's interesting is those positive surprises just aren't that big. Um, you know, it looks like uh, there was a 1.3% surprise when normally it's a, like a 6 to 8% surprise. So they haven't been growing too much. Year over year, though, this is kind of where the math is, and that is in the fourth quarter, um, as of the reporting of these companies, earnings are down 4.7%. So we have negative earnings growth. Now, you got to put this in perspective. This does not mean that companies are losing money. What this means is from December to December, these companies showed less, less revenue collected, less profits. And so that can play into a lot of things. Obviously, are we talking about retail companies? Are we talking about service companies? Are we talking about things that have been inflation adjusted? Because obviously there's a lot of inflation swirling around. Um, but this is to be expected. Remember what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. When the Feds are raising rates, they're trying to cause a recession without actually causing a recession. They've coined this in the markets and in their talking as a soft landing. Hey, if we can almost cause a recession, bringing down economic growth, companies are making less money, people are spending less money, everything is slowing down a little bit, yet somehow we can magically keep the labor market from falling apart, then we've manufactured the soft landing. And so per the Fed standpoint, Ironically, this is positive news. This, this plays into the theme that potentially people aren't spending quite as much money and being as aggressive about their habits. The challenge, though, is, is when you really get into the weeds of it, what's happened is spending has shifted, right? Uh, it shifted away from technology, right, when COVID started to suddenly everything, one was buying everything on Amazon and Walmart.com and Target.com, so all the retailers. And so those things are all kind of left in the mire right now. And now it's everyone's spending their money on services. You know, it's been a handful of years. People want to get on planes. They want to go to hotels. They want to actually do things and enjoy their monies. And so we're seeing a big shifting in where the spending is coming from. Um, even to that point, it was interesting because in January, we got this big jobs report that came out a couple of weeks ago that said, oh, my gosh, 500,000 jobs were created. Oh, my gosh, look how strong the labor market is. The unemployment rate dropped to 3.4%. This is all so incredible. The, the feds are manufacturing their soft landing. Well, that's true and not true. I mean, one is there's a statistical calculation that goes into the New Year's jobs numbers based on population size that screws with that number. But two is when you look at where a lot of those jobs were created, they were created in the low end on the services side. So people going out to eat more, people going to hotels, people doing those things. But there is kind of the death of the retailer at the moment. They have a lot of inventory. They're not moving their stuff as quickly. So we're, we're seeing kind of the tale of two cities on the way that COVID with a shutdown and a reopening has really impacted our economy. 
So market was cruising along, everybody's happy wappy. All of a sudden last week, boom, that big inflation number comes out for January, right? So here it is on the screen. I realize that's small. Let me see if I can make it a little bigger while I'm chitty chatting here. It's a little bigger. So month over month, inflation rose at a half a percent. And so this freaked the market out. And obviously, as suspected, the stock market's starting to roll over. The reason the market's rolling over is once again, we are driven by those feds. What, what is President Powell going to do? And so when you look at strong inflation data, there's a panic that happens really quickly in the market. They say, oh, crud sickles. We plan on the feds being done raising rates. They can't raise rates no more. And this kind of data makes the market feel like the Fed could keep raising rates. And as we know, when you fight the Fed and rates go up, it becomes problematic for um, long-term growth projections of companies. But what's interesting is when you get into the weeds. And so I did highlight this, this, this one little sentence in here. When looking at the detail of, of the inflation report, housing rents were the main driver, housing rents. So housing, the rent of housing, owner equivalent rent, makes up almost a third of the inflation reads. You know, it's a, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. And last month in January, those rose 0.7%. So higher than the average, right? So we know that this did a disproportionately carrying of what got the inflation numbers up high and accounted for nearly you know half of the overall increase. So this was, this was a big ticket item. And this is a tough one because there's a trailing effect. Like think about the real estate market, right? Um, houses went up bonkersly in 20 and 21, and then all of a sudden started stalling out in 22. And then, but rents don't instantly go up, right? You know, if your house is going up and you're raising rent, well, you got to wait for that tenant's rent, uh, their, their, their lease to expire. You got to re-raise it. And so what's, what's more interesting about this is here's a chart that shows house prices, you know, relative to inflation. And you, and you really notice for the most part going back 40 years that the red line, which is inflation, and then the blue line, which is housing prices, these things more or less move together. You know, as things trend up, they trend up. As things trend down, they trend down. And what you notice on that far right side is what's been happening to the blue line. It's been collapsing, right, for the last, you know, six, eight, nine months, whereas the red line's still going up that red line's gonna roll over. And so we have a huge delayed effect of real estate, rent, all of that stuff that is still hanging on to perhaps old data in our consumer price index. And what's going to happen throughout this year is theoretically, as long as housing prices and rents don't continue to go up, as things have already rolled over last year, that red line's gonna finally roll over. And that should have a very positive benefit on these, uh, consumer price reads. So this is a big piece of the puzzle that we're watching is how is that rent transcribed? How is it going to work for us? We've talked many, 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 many times on the show about how the money supply, right? The more money in circulation, the more money um, obviously chasing goods, right? More dollars chasing goods creates inflation. You have a supply chain issue like we had a few years ago with COVID. Now you have less goods. Now you got more dollars chasing less goods. Now you got hyperinflation. And so once again, as we watch that month over month uh, US supply, it's very fascinating that over the last 12 months, basically every single month, as you can see on the screen, our US money supply has been contracting. 
That means money is being removed from the system. Those excess reserves. Now there's still a ton in there. There's still about $3 trillion of excess reserves that, you know, are getting whittled down. But when we started showing this chart a year ago, it was like 4.4. So it's been a pretty dramatic decline. And as we can squeeze and clean out some of those dollars from the system, once again, over the next number of months, this is going to have a positive effect on the totality of our inflation. So it will be very interesting to see what the Federal Reserve does over the next few months. Will they look at that increase in inflation being led by house equivalent rents, knowing that that has a trailing impact on inflation numbers? Or will they have the vision to say, well, wait a second, we can look at real-time data, see that rents have come down a little bit, housing's come down. So we know that maybe that's a little artificial. We we shall see. Um, but, you know, the stock market's uh, been all over the place. So, you know, we feel at the moment that with this kind of run that we've had year to date, which is, uh, you know, kind of this this whole thing on the on the far side of the screen. Actually, I drew my arrow backwards. I should have made it the other way here. This this run we've had year to date felt pretty good, right? But guess what? We had one of those from October to December. We had one from June to August. There there's a tendency to want to call these bear market rallies. You know, the market is down, the market is upset, and you get these positive uptrends. What's fascinating though about these rallies is like the catalyst of, of this circle right here, August 15th. That is the moment that President Powell of the Federal Reserve spoke. And he gave some pretty, we'll say, negative news about inflation and red Fed rate and crisis. And that became the catalyst for the market to go down further, right? Then what was funny is he spoke in the beginning of November here, and he gave some relatively dovish, friendly information, and the market ground higher. And then in, the, in December, he did kind of the same thing from August where he gave some bad news. It caused the market to pout out. And then all of a sudden the market's rallying up and the market was rallying up on this attitude that, hey, you know what? The Fed's done. The party's on. Let's get back to normal blue skies. Well, guess what, everybody? We have not digested all of the Fed rate increases that hit us all of last year, in the, at least in the third and fourth quarter of last year. We have to work through that stuff. Earnings are softening. You know, turn on the news. Every tech company is laying people off. Well, isn't that weird that every tech company is were the first people to do phenomenal when the COVID mess hit? Zoom went straight up. You know, all of the Netflix, all of these technology companies, now they're the first to lay people off. Then retail went straight up because everybody sat at home buying stuff. Well, now their inventories are increasing and they're kind of falling apart. And now services are going straight up because people finally have the, the ability to get outside and do something. So we almost have this like rolling recession issue happening at the moment. So the market's pouty and it's kind of rolling over right now, like I was discussing, really based on this idea that there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. Does this mean the stock market is dead and it's going to go down forever? Not at all, right? We're just kind of in the final death thralls of digesting the potential recession, digesting Fed rate increases. We're still, you know, wrestling down a little bit of inflation and things of that nature. So is there more work to do? Absolutely. Do I think that the, the world is about to fall off a cliff? Not at all. Um, we're very optimistic that the stock market at the moment finishes the year higher than it is now. I just do not believe it is going to go in a straight line. I believe it's going to kind of pout out here for a while. And then all of a sudden, as usual, when nobody's looking, this thing's going to be off to the races. So anyways, um, that's kind of my rant for the day. As I've said before, it's always unpleasant to do these without Tana to bounce things off of. 
but I do appreciate everybody being patient. I know that it's been a few weeks. Um, I know that, you know, based on the comments and feedback that people do enjoy this information. So please, if you have questions about the show topics, you would like me to cover, um, cause obviously there's an endless amount of information right now out there to touch on. So anyways, um, call the office 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, the Lind is L Y N D. Otherwise, everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group, LLC. The Lynn Group, LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors, LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group, LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.